On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, Jonathan Gannon and Josh McCown receive second interviews for the Houston Texans, and Pep Hamilton could potentially leave Houston for another team, or what would that mean for Davis Mills? But first, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, good people, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis, here to talk head coaching searches for Houston, specifically Jonathan Gannon and Josh McCown getting second interviews, and then we'll dive into Pep Hamilton and what his loss could potentially mean for Davis Mills. But, Cody, let's get right into it. Josh McCown, Jonathan Gannon, both receiving kind of the green light for Houston to go ahead with their second interviews. And, you know, we reported him locked on Texans a couple of weeks ago that Jonathan Gannon had a strong impression on Houston during his first interview, that it was likely that he will receive the second one, and it has been confirmed. And, Houston will move on from that. But now we look at the NFL who filled some coaching vacancies over the last week, the Bears, the Broncos. Now you look at uh, Josh McDaniels. He will be heading to the AFC West hmm. to take over the Oakland – I'm sorry, the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. He will be the head coach for the Raiders moving forward. So now five teams need those positions filled. Houston is one of those teams, and – I don't know if they're the prettiest team or the most attractive team, but Gannon and McCown have made impressions on the front office led by Nick Asirio. What are your thoughts moving forward? And I also want to add this as well. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, there will be another candidate who's going to get a second interview. We don't know who that Brian candidate is Flores. as of right now. It is, by the way, I'm very intrigued that Brian Flores is not off the market as of yet. Does, does that not. intrigue you a little not bit? Really yes. learning, we, we learned a lot about uh, the type of, I guess, coach and mm-hmm. I hate to use this word, but egotistical style of coach that he came off to be during his time. And in, in, in Miami, and a lot of people have compared Brian Flores to the entity himself, <laughs> Bill O'Brien. But I'm not I'm not actually surprised. And I think right now we're seeing a lot of coaches. Teams are going in a different wave right now in regards to their coaching searches. So I'm not mm-hmm. actually surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, John. And that was part of the reason why I was a little bit concerned about the possibility of Brian Flores coming here to Houston. Um, But, I mean, I thought for sure he'd be, if not the first, the second head coach to get a job this offseason. But, you know, with all that being said, of course, we got to dive into the Josh McCown and Jonathan Gannon standpoint. As we guys, John, as you just alluded to, both of these guys got a second interview. I think we could all agree we are a little bit excited or at least okay by one. Mm -hmm. and And we are ignored by the other because john listeners and viewers i understand the nfl and this transition of them getting younger head coaches but there is no way in hell the texans can actually 
benefit. And there is no way in hell the Texans can make sense of if if this is a possibility, hiring Josh McCown as their head coach. I'm sorry, John, the listeners. That just does not make any sense to me. Like, I don't know if they're actually considering him for this position. I've been told that there is a possibility that they're actually interviewing him to see what other roles that he can actually fill, whether that be a quarterback coach, because we all know that Pep Hamilton could have the potential to be this team offensive coordinator moving forward. Um, But I just don't understand why and what is the obsession of Josh McCown here in the city of Houston. Now, with that being said, John, Jonathan Gannon, I can get behind that because he has proven as his first year as a defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles that he is actually a coach who can actually put his team in a position, at least put his players in a position to utilize them for the best attribute for the team. Because we saw the Philadelphia Eagles last year, there was what? Somewhere ranked in the bottom half of the league as a defensive team. In his first year as a defensive coordinator this year, he took the Eagles from the bottom half of the league all the way to the 10th best defensive team this year. I understand you have Lovey Smith, but I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, let's say if Jonathan Gannon keep Lovey Smith on his defensive staff, now you have two defensive-minded coaches on this staff that can actually benefit the Houston Texans, especially considering that one of their one of their foundational pieces in Jonathan Grenard, he can actually benefit from having Gannon as his head coach and Lovey Smith as his defensive coordinator. I don't know about you, John, but I am starting to get a little bit excited just thinking about the possibility of what those two-headed defensive-minded coaches can actually do for the Texans moving forward. But this Josh McCown foolishness, I'm not going to lie to you. Every every time I got to retweet that news, every time I got to tweet the news, every time I got to get the possibility of the Texans actually hiring that man as a head coach, I get a little nervous because it doesn't make sense. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sit and talk about. And this is just me. I don't want to talk about whether or not they should do it or my personal opinions. What I want to look at is, so last year Houston went this route with David Cully, and I think this year there's a couple of things that I'm looking at where I could see Houston, if not making Josh McCown the head coach, I could see them bringing them in for a position where they are prepping him because what we've been shown before is Houston will have like minds in the room that can feed off one another. And the issue with that is, okay, well, the philosophical differences, that quote is going to stick with me until I see who's hired a head coach. Because Mm -hmm. if you bring in Josh McCown, who a lot of people are thinking and saying, well, what's, what's the problem with Josh McCown? The, Biggest issue is there is no coaching experience. So when we look at David Cully, we were thinking, okay, he has 20-plus coaching experience at different positions and levels. Not a coordinator, but he was a wide receiver coach or running back coach. You know, he, he had filled a lot of positions. With Josh McCown, there is no experience there. And that is the biggest worry, and it should be a worry because, okay, if you're if you don't have any coaching experience – then how can I lean on you to make coaching decisions that matter? 
We had an issue with that last year. And if you bring in a Josh McCown who got a second interview, it only leads me to wonder two things. Who are you going to place around him that you will be able to trust to make the decision for him for the betterment of the team? The biggest concern after that will be how long until philosophical differences become an issue. Because if you bring somebody in to be the head coach, at some point, they're going to have to be the head coach. Not Levy Smith, not Pep Hamilton, not your GM in the, in, the, in the boot with the headset, not anybody else around. They are going to have to wear that crown. And if people don't see how that's an issue, then those same people should have been calling to bring David Cully back. That's just my opinion. And I want to look at, you know, you talked about Jonathan Gannon. He's receiving the second interview. I want to bring this around to Kevin O'Connell because there was a YouTube statement that caught my eye and he made a valid point. But with Kevin O'Connell, I've never seen a big improvement under, under his tutelage as an offensive coordinator. And so we look at his two years with the Rams. Well, his first year with the Rams in 2020, they were 22nd in points score per game. This year, they bumped all the way up to seventh. However, this year, you were given Matthew Stafford. This year, you were given a generational year out of mm-hmm. Cup that was helped and led by Matthew Stafford. You also, your team also traded for Odell Beckham, who was rejuvenized, right? You also had a lot of great pieces added. And here's my thing. I don't believe in gurus. I'm on record by saying I don't believe in gurus. I don't believe this one man has all this power to make things magically work differently. Because when I go back to his time and uh, when he took over for the officer coordinator in Washington, well, that year in 2019, they were the 27th ranked, no, I'm sorry, the 32nd ranked offense. Now you had quarterback issues. You had a lot of different moving pieces on that team. If you don't, if you come to Houston, you're going to be put in the same situation. Right, an unproven quarterback in Davis Mills who's shown improvement, uh, improvement throughout this course of his rookie year. But uh, of course, we need a big size of that, not a sample size. You have a, a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver that'll be going into his second year. You have a veteran wide receiver who, after this year, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And you got a lot of moving pieces with Houston this year, too. So, I'm big on bringing in somebody that I know has shown some type of improvement for a team, for a franchise that was significant without the pieces added to them where before the year started, a lot of people had the Rams going to the Super Bowl. And it looks like that may you know very well happen. That's why I can get behind the Jonathan Gannon. Not because I just dislike Josh McCown so much. No, Josh McCown doesn't have coaching experience for me to lean on. So I don't have anything to go, to, go through when I look at his resume. Kevin O'Connell, I know that you will bless this year with – one of the most talented throwers and passes I've ever seen in Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, uh, uh, Odell Beckham. Run the game goes down, but you find Jims who are able to run the ball. Right, Vance Joseph, uh, Tyler Higby. I can keep going. They built a great offense for this man, and they just replaced Jared Goff with Matthew Stafford. Then they go add Odell. So I'm easily swayed by a guy who's shown improvement given to what he's able to work with in a Jonathan Gannon compared to those other two candidates. 
as the Texans get ready to make changes of their own, if you are looking to make changes in this new year, which can bring on those New Year's resolutions, and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, just make sure you include Bill Bar in your daily plan. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good. You're not going to be forced to eat it. You will want to eat it, unlike those other protein bars, which can be boring, chalky, waxy, and sometimes ugh, tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it can get boring. By week three or four, you'll be thinking to yourself, it's not it. It's not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, here's a hit tidbit for you. Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that has triple the times of the sugar and a dozen of those net carbs. The best thing about Bill Bar, so many different flavors to choose from. It'll make your head spin. So go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your Bill.com. Welcome back in, and thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. We are free and available on all major platforms. As we sit and talk about the future of head coach for the Houston Texans, we have to look at the potential departure of Pep Hamilton leaving Houston, who, you know, if we sit and talk about the last two years of this man and the jobs he's done in the NFL, right, we have to look at Justin Herbert and how he's ascended. We have to really look, I think, the better job, most more impressive job is what he's done with Davis Mills over the course of last season. But, you know, he may be going to Chicago. The Chicago Bears reached out to him and requested an interview. He did not decline this one. He will be taking that mm-hmm. interview. And I think that, you know, first and foremost, I think it was a slap in the face if Houston does not at least offer this man an interview for that offensive coordinator position. But I think it can be very substantial if they move on from him prematurely by not bringing him back, retaining him in some type of capacity. I think offensive coordinator, as I just said, is what his name should be written on for this Houston Texas team. Not only that, when we look at the possibility of a Josh McCown, well, I think there should be somebody there, a buffer, a liaison between your quarterback and your head coach and the guys that were already on this offense. Uh, when you're bringing in a new head coach in the you know in a, in a matter that Josh McCown is somebody there that can be very relatable to prior years that can mention and you know kind of on a more broader scale heighten the success that Houston showed in the miniature uh, part of last year. But if they lose him, Cody, I, I, I think it'll be a big mistake. Yeah, and look, sources has told us that the Texans are and they have had thoughts about making pep hamilton the offensive coordinator and it should that's part of the main reason why they moved on from tim kelly we talked about that the possibility of that happening a couple weeks ago but john i'm a little bit intrigued on what took place over the past week and a half because remember when the offseason first began for the texans and for the first half of the nfl the carolina panthers reached out to interview pep hamilton He said, no, the Texans started having discussions about making him offensive coordinator. You say it's a slap in the face, but John, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering whether or not Pep Hamilton is keeping his options open, given the possibility that Josh McCown, a guy who has never been a head coach, can 
possibly come in and be a head coach of the Houston Texans. And that is another issue that I have with the Texans actually making McCown as as go oh, go ahead. Well, so I want to say this because I don't. This is you know my thoughts. I don't want to lean on whether or not it's for Josh McCown. I will say that if I'm if I'm Pepper Hamilton, I'm looking at the Panthers. I'm like, mm, no. I'm looking at Chicago. Mm, Justin Fields, Allen Robinson, uh, a quarterback that I can go in and has all the skill sets that I may want and make them better. I don't think you know Carolina has that. Carolina has a lot of good things. Got some good chicken up there, but they ain't got the quarterback <laughs> that he may want. Yeah, and, and that's what I was getting at. But at the same time, you have to look at it from a standpoint of Hamilton already has a relationship with Davis Mills. And Davis Mills has talked time and time again about the relationship that he has with him and vice versa. And that's part of the reason why we saw Davis Mills throughout the last, what, seven, six to seven games of the regular season actually take that leap when we compared it to the first five games of his career. I say all that just to say I'm wondering how much of the possibility of Josh McCown coming in and being a head coach, a guy who literally just retired, a guy who hasn't even been a coordinator or position coach or anything. I'm wondering how much is that playing into the mind of Pep Hamilton to say, you know what, if this guy is head coach, I might not want to stick around for that only because it might not be fair to him. But I say all that just to say, John, Pep Hamilton is keeping his options open. And two, if the Texans, yeah, and he should, but two, if the Texans lose Pep Hamilton, I think we're going to see Davis Mills take a step back because I'm so we, glad know, you said that. we know that it, it's not a coincidence that the work that he did with Andrew Luck for what, six to seven years going back to their time at Stanford together. It's not a coincidence that we saw Andrew Luck become what, arguably a top 10 quarterback during his heyday. It's not a coincidence that he go to Los Angeles and he basically take the talents of Justin Herbert, who was already a pretty solid a, a pretty solid quarterback as a rookie, but he took that in each and every game we saw the development. And it's damn sure not a coincidence that we saw Davis Mills, a guy... <laughs> The very first time I saw this man take the field during training camp, this guy looked awful. The very first time we saw him take the reins during week two of the Texans' um, loss against the Cleveland Browns, he was thrown into the fire. He looked awful. The following week, he looked even worse than he did the week before. But what did he do? He got with Pep Hamilton and time every single game, almost every single time Davis Mills stepped onto the field, especially during those, what, last five to seven weeks of the regular season, we saw Davis Mills show promise and potential. You take that away from this young man, I'm not going to say he's going to go back to the guy that he was during the first three, four games of, of the regular season this past year, but I don't. I, I think it's going to hinder Davis Mills' development because now he's going to have to develop chemistry and camaraderie with whoever's going to be the head coach now chemistry and camaraderie with whoever's going to be the offensive coordinator and chemistry and camaraderie with whoever's going to be the quarterback coach for this team and that's too much changes that is going to have to take place from a guy and davis mills who is still developing and still trying to find his way in the nfl and that's one thing i'm hoping the houston texans do not do when you take a look at a lot of these great players you take a look at um tom brady you take a look at drew Brees, you take a look at ben roethlisberger and the only reason why i'm bringing ben name up because during one of the last 
press conferences of the regular season. I think it was week 16, which was Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh. Davis Mills talked about the possibility of staying in one place and building with a coach, building with your players, building a legacy in one place. And that lets me and that lets me know in Davis Mills' career, he's looking for stability. It's not going to be a good look that he has shown that he can actually grow and have something special in Pep Hamilton, but you let this guy walk in the regular season. I mean, you let this guy walk in the offseason. That's going to hinder this guy's development, John. One thing that you mentioned was the D word, development. And Houston traditionally, historically, has not really been able to develop talent consistently. When we look at the greats in Houston's Time span, lifespan, Andre Johnson. We knew what he was coming out of Miami. Um, we look at J.J. Watt. We look at Jadavion Clowney, his short time span here in Houston. Uh, DeAndre Hawkins, right? Deshaun Watson in his short time span. One of the few players that I think was developed, and I think this is really just a Jim Houston found, was Arian Foster. But historically, Houston has not been able to develop players. And I think that has uh, hindered the success that they could have. This is very important. I'm not going to repeat everything you said, but that development word is very important because with development comes understanding. And I think Pep Hamilton has a true understanding of what Davis Mills can do really good, things Davis Mills can do at an average pace, and things Davis Mills can work on. And with that, in my mind, comes a guy that understands the offense that needs to be placed around him. And when you look at Tom Brady, man, you know, one thing that made Tom Brady great for 22-plus years was there was a system in place around him. And that system grew with Tom Brady, but there's a foundational system when he first stepped foot in the league. Over the course of time, we saw Tom Brady be Tom Brady. Uh, even when I look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, there was a system in place with Kansas City. And one thing that I do not like is the possibility or the idea that Davis Mills – will lose somebody who knows him best. It's like when Batman loses Alfred, right? Alfred knows the ins and outs of Batman. He knows Bruce Wayne. He knows when Bruce Wayne's Bruce Wayne needs to be Bruce Wayne's when he needs to be Batman. And so when you leave, lose somebody like that, that knows you like the back of their hand, that restart is going to be rough, can be rough, not all the time, but it can be very rough. And in Houston case, they have historically had issues with developing players. Don't jeopardize it now when you have the perfect opportunity to start fresh with a guy that already knows your quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Texan fans, listen up. John Hickman, Cody Davis, what are we? We're family. We love our family. And we're here to tell our family about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back every gallon of gas they get for every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Take that phone. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now, and you can use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college for $0.25 cent per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay for a price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Texas podcast. We are free and available on all major platforms. Be sure to check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all major platforms. We're going to have a super excited week for you guys as Wednesday starts the Senior Bowl coverage. 
I'll be out there starting today, busting my tail, trying to figure out who is the best candidate uh, position-wise for the Houston Texans. And, you know, Cody and listeners, I had an opportunity to speak to a buddy of mine who is very close with the Houston Texans. And right now they are prioritizing DBs, interior offensive linemen, and edge rushers. And so I'm super excited to bring to you guys the best player at each positions. Uh, Cody and I actually had an off-camera argument the other day. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> had a, uh, you know, very, it was very invigorating. We, we do that time to time. But Houston currently sits at number three. We know that. And I see the scenario if they're not able to get Aiden Hutchinson or Kevion Thibodeau, I can see Houston trading that third pick, moving back in the draft, using those additional picks to help facilitate other positions that need to be filled on this team. And I think the interior offensive line position, when I look at those guards that are coming out, I'm very big on Zion Johnson, and I can't wait for the opportunity to see him and, you know, what he can bring without putting on a Texan jersey. I think if he puts on that red, white, and blue with that, you know, that, you know, that, that, that bull on that helmet, I think it would be great for Davis Mills in that run game. But as of right now, uh, defensive backs, Houston did a very good job of bringing in players last year. I think they have players on this current roster that they need to make sure that they bring back, i.e. Desmond King. Tavier Thomas is another player that Houston had already signed to a two-year deal, so he'll be back for next year. But the S position, they need to find someone opposite of Grenard. And me and you are both high on Grenard. I think – not Grenard. Grenard, I think Grenard – has a ceiling to where he can get those 10 sacks for you in a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe around, hover around between 10 to 12. But if you can find another bookend that can add between six to nine, you allow those interior defensive line to kind of play more freely and help the linebackers out. Houston will look at a defense that created turnovers last year, but now can consistently get after the quarterback, which is very huge in the development of what this team wants to be that's creating turnovers and be a, a more potent defense than what they were uh two seasons ago so defensive backs interior offensive linemen guard center and definitely the new center and edge rushes and you know we will bring that coverage throughout the week starting wednesday and really quick i just want to throw this little tidbit and and listeners viewers please be sure to you know tweet at us get into the comments and let us know who do you agree with the most and this was what probably one third of the total argument but me and john had a discussion on whether or not the texans should keep that number three pick and john as you just alluded to the texans are keeping their keeping their options open in in order to get a defensive back in the draft or you know trading that pick moving down and of course improving your offensive line um you guys just heard John, you know, what, what side of the argument he is on. And I'm under the, I'm, I, I'm on the side of, you know, you keep that number three pick that way, in my opinion, it gives the Texans the best option to get the best defensive back of this draft class. And it's, it's going to be real interesting. You know, John, I think, you know, regardless how you feel about Nick Casario and, and this is really important going into the draft, you know, it doesn't matter what well, it does matter, but it, it, it's kind of like, you know, we could agree or disagree about whoever he hired as the coach. You know, 
he he seems like a guy who isn't scared to sign a whole bunch of players and, and trade players and even the guys that we thought was going to be hits and or not hits you know he moved on from them but i think from from what he was able to do last year with, with having only five draft picks and your first pick of the NFL draft took place in a freaking in the in the middle of the third round. I think we could give Nick Casario kudos about his ability to scout talent. Absolutely, and I think that is part of the main reason why we all, from the reporters, the viewers, the listeners, just regular fans of the organization, that is the one aspect I think we are most excited about because it's like you saw the talent that you brought in last year. How can you replicate that with better draft picks? That That's what I'm most excited about when you look at the future of the Houston Texans. But listeners, viewers, let us know who you agree with. You know, do you keep that number three pick and you get one of, if not the best defensive back? And we all know the Texans need help in their secondary. Or do you move on from that third pick, like John saying, and, you know, utilize, you know, of course you're going to stay in the top 10, but utilize that pick to improve your offensive line. So just, just let us know who you agree with. Really quick, I got to congratulate the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir! For, <laughs> for coming back on the Kansas City Chiefs and beating them to advance to the Super Bowl. Something that the Houston Texans Then Didn't I say do. that? Wow. Something the Houston Texans couldn't do. This is the Locked On Texans podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow us on Facebook. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.